Welcome to Easy Email Marketing. I'm your host, Yael Keown, mum, FIFO wife, MBA, coffee lover, survivor superfan, and creator of the email experience. In Easy Email Marketing, you'll benefit from my nearly 20 years experience where I'll be teaching you all the tips, tricks, and insider info on how to create feel-good, non-spammy experiences for your subscribers. Let's get stuck in. Welcome back to Easy Email Marketing. I'm your host, Yael Keown, and boy, do I have an amazing episode for you today. If you are overwhelmed by the idea of creating content for your business, whether it is for email or for any marketing channel, then listen up. Today, I am joined by the amazing Jenny DeLacy, founder of Talking Digital, where she gives thought leaders and business owners and their teams message clarity and the confidence and know-how to share it, to accelerate their visibility, attract more clients and achieve their marketing goals. She's also known for her content expertise, which is why she was the perfect person to bring on board to help you break through some of your content blocks. Inside this episode, we go deep with some discussions all around content and you will learn how we overestimate what our audience knows and doesn't know, why just brainstorming a list of 52 ideas isn't an effective strategy, how to simplify your content process so you don't need to write everything fresh, Jenny's fast FAST marketing method to help you showcase your brand personality and expertise and why outsourcing your content writing to a third-party agency is a bad idea. This episode is full of quick win email ideas, which will have you go away thinking, why didn't I think of that? So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Welcome, Jenny. So excited to talk content with you. Me too. I love this topic. Yes, yes, we both do. Um, definitely something we can talk about all day. And But we will try to keep this nice and bite-sized for people who are dipping their toe in or just feeling a bit stuck with their content. Um, so I guess that's a good place to start. What do you see gets in the way of people creating and actually publishing, because I think there's probably two different things, content for their businesses, whether it's email, which of course is a type of content, but you um, you know, we have video, we have social media, we have blogs, we have podcasts, we have all sorts of things, but it does come down to this core thing. What gets in the way um, and having something to send or publish? Post or yeah, post. It's funny. Um, we make a lot of assumptions about people kind of knowing a lot more than they do because we work in marketing and we see it all the time and we're in the land of content whereas a lot of clients and I'll talk I'll tell you a little story about a property law specialist that I had a coffee with yesterday and I said now that the someone else has created her website and I helped her um, find that person or whatever I said okay once that's done Next fortnight, we're going to sit down and we're going to do your actual content plan, mostly for LinkedIn uh, because it still goes further than everything else just quietly. It's a better bank for your buck. And she said to me something really fascinating, actually. It was much more basic than I was actually expecting to hear. And she she said to me, Jenny, do you know that most businesses, myself included, we just literally don't know even sometimes how to post. Like 
what does that even mean to post something? What actually is the content that you keep talking about? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry, let's go back. And Mm -hmm. I just said, you know, all the frequently asked questions you've written on your website, we're going to turn them into pieces of content that you're going to post on LinkedIn. And, hey, you know, all that other stuff that you've written in your guides for subdivisions, we're going to pull it apart and I'm going to show you what it might, what that would look like as a, as a post. And so it wasn't, I don't know what to post, which is, I think, the biggest problem. But Mm. it was also, I'm not quite sure what it actually means to post. Like, what, is it just words? Am I putting photo on there? Am I? So it was actually much more basic than I was expecting. Mm. How do I even construct this piece of content that you keep talking about? What do you even mean? And that makes, yeah. Really interesting, really interesting. That makes a lot of sense to me and it actually has, yeah, just put off a few um, bells in my head um, because, yeah, I find that too a lot with working, especially with clients and also members inside the email experience that they think that they've created stuff and like, yeah, like the FAQs, like you say, or there's like some core piece of information that's about how to choose something or um, how to make a decision or, you know, what's the best one for me, all of that stuff that they've put time in writing, but they separate that out as if that's a separate box mm-hmm. to the content itself. And just seeing how it aligns strategically and it's like, okay, what we're really talking about is we want to try to get this important information that's either helps to make a decision, helps you connect with them as a brand, whatever it is, and getting as many people to see it as possible. Mm. Yeah. And having that understanding, go, how do I do that? Yeah. Mm. Of course, my suggestion is emails and then, you know, do all that sort of stuff. But we're all about that repurposing, right? So we want to put it in all of the places. And it's so funny that you say it like that because she said, after I'd said about the, hey, you know how we've got all these FAQs and we've got all this other stuff and you've written these guides. I said, you said that you want to be known this year specifically for those two streams of law, property and wills and estates. They're they're probably their biggest areas of expertise. I said, so let's put all the other kinds of law to one side because you're going to get those clients anyway. If you just focused on those two streams and you've already got website pages, you've already got uh, dot points that you can expand on other, then I found out that she had, they both sat down, her and her um you know, her co-owner, principal lawyer, had created a list of 52 topics for (laughs) each stream of law and they were just about to go and start writing all these separate little 52 things. Uh And I'm not surprised that they thought that's where to start. Well, we probably want to post once or twice a week to LinkedIn. We've got two topics. We're just going to create a list of 52 things. And I said, I've got a great idea. Let's merge the two together. So don't do anything until, you know, we catch up in a fortnight. It's a great idea what you're doing, but we're going to use what you've already got. Please don't create new things. Tell Jordan, mm-hmm. don't spend hours creating content because you've already got it, I promise, and we're just going to repurpose what you already have. And she was quite relieved to see that they were the one in the same. We're just going to slightly tweak the way you introduce that topic or tell me why you're sharing that thing. But basically, it's they've already written it. Mm-hmm. And she was really relieved. Like, it was a lot simpler than she was probably expecting, which I think that happens. We sort of over 
We do, we do definitely overthink it. And there is definitely that temptation that I do all these things, especially if you are getting into the world of not just having one off bar, but as soon as you end up with like an agency model or you have an e-commerce store that has this huge range of products that you feel like I have to talk about everything. But if you're doing that, you're really not connecting. You have to identify what is your focus for the year, for the quarter, for the month, whatever it is, and go, okay, now what content do I have already that will help me spread the word about that or to educate my audience about that versus Mm. going, yeah, the other way of going, here's 100 possible things. And this is definitely like I would have at the time of this episode dropping, I would have just run my content planning workshop. And that's sort of the, the way we approach it is, okay, we want to think about themes and focuses and just getting it all on point. Um, so um, if you went to that, you definitely know what I'm talking about. But um, And I've got a previous podcast episode all about, you know, choosing a focus. So I think that is one of the key things. And that just makes it so much easier because um, I liken it to um, – like even just back when I was trying to come up with, you know, so when I was coaching netball, um, I started my daughter's team with a bunch of seven-year-olds, well, six at the time. They knew nothing about netball. And I'm like, how am I going to coach these kids? I've never coached netball before in my life. And I'm like, look down, try to look up all these things about, you know, drills and stuff. And it's just overwhelming. But you think, but instead, if I went, okay, you know what, this week we are going to focus on defence. And as soon as I go, okay, we're focusing on this, all of a sudden it's so quick to come up with a bunch of ideas or to research and find specific things or things you already have that's like specific on that topic. Yeah. 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 So I think yeah. that's. 100%. And that when they, once they narrow that, that focus, the question I always ask is, well, when you think about that property law client who comes to you and there's usually three different versions of this person. They might typically be developers or they might not be. They might be first-time subdividers, whatever. There's usually, I find there's usually three that we can identify sorts of people that fit under that that banner of someone who needs that service from us. I said, all you've got to ask really is what do they need right now? Is there something going on in the market right now? Are there changes to law right now? Is there anything that you need to respond to now and be on the front foot about that might be new content you might not have that on your website mm-hmm. but the rest of the stuff you've already got that's what i call evergreen so i get them to sort of look at what are the things we we can talk about in our in our articles in our posts in our quotes in our stats whatever sort of posts they're going to put up that are sort of evergreen and going to stay sort of similar mm-hmm. and we're going to pick from that well of information we've probably got an article that we've written on it versus what are some of the things that are worth responding to right now, which is exactly what you're doing now with, hey, let's talk about planning content because so many people are thinking about it at this time of year. They may have started some before um, the end of the year, but a lot of us are do, you know, do that sort of work in January. And so they're the sorts of that's the next step after identifying that um, focus top, mm-hmm. you know, topic is saying, is there something I really need to be responding to right mm-hmm. now? And I love that distinction as well um, because, and I will just put my email hat on <laughs> quickly, is that that distinction between what's happening now and what's the evergreen stuff, that evergreen stuff is 
with it from the email point of view, that's your welcome series, that's your content funnels, that's your um, nurture sequences, whatever you want to call them. That's the stuff. That's the um, after someone signs up for the 10% off discount code. That's the when someone first purchases, you know, post-purchase sequence stuff. The And while you can still send that stuff out to everyone else, the what's going on in your industry, what's the latest law, what's the latest, um, you know, what season are we in, you know, what's news articles going and doing the rounds, what's the trend, what's the TikTok thing that's happening. They're the things that are are for your more regular campaigns and updates and that you weave in um, there. So mm. I like that thinking about in those two lanes. And those ones tend to write themselves anyway, I find, when it's something that's about, okay, there's something I have an opinion on that's going on yeah, um, or that I can literally just pull some information out and just explain it to you in layman's terms so you don't need to think about doing yes. your own research. And that's another big part of what do you actually want to be known for? Well, we want to we want to simplify something that's usually pretty complex. Mm-hmm. I kept talking about the property lawyer only because I saw her yesterday, so it's easy. To talk about, but I I said to her also, if you're looking for really easy ways to create content, is go and find an article from the I don't know Department of Land and whatever, <laughs> <laughs> a government department that's probably published something, and share that article and put your little commentary at the top, hmm. and it just makes a you know a, a content sort of to do problem into something really quick that they could probably do in you know in 10 minutes uh together during a meeting once Mm -hmm. a week just go and look for those articles that are already on linkedin um from trusted sources that you know that you want Mm -hmm. to be connected to like don't share anything random um and that sort of strategy around hey let's find some quick content wins is a really big part of what i do as well Hence the sort of referral, I kept referring to, you know, FAQs. You've already written them. It's really quick content. So are your Google reviews. There's lots of things you can. um, And people struggle, like, when they're writing their websites to keep it brief mm. because they want to explain all the things. So this is your opportunity to go, okay, now I get to drill down on that. I get to talk more about it. And then in that FAQ, you can just have, instead in the future, you just have a little link that says, you know, I go deeper into it in this article. Bam. Um, but it still keeps your page nice and clean and easy to scan and, and SEO, beautiful SEO. I think they have grabbed those FAQs and they can, they're basically going to, the strategy is that, that they'll be turned into proper guides and, mm-hmm. and articles in the future yeah. <clears throat> because there's so many questions about, you know, where do you even start and some of the things with the legal con- conversations we were having yesterday are just so much more basic than she was expecting yeah Um, someone asked her for example can I still you know our dad passed away am I still allowed to drive his car and Mm -hmm. it's like she was blown away that some that 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 was literally the thing on this person's mind on a phone Mm -hmm. call and so I I think that segues into that again don't over engineer it don't overthink it we make so many assumptions about our audience and Mm -hmm. what they so I think simple is best in terms of where to start. Yep. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I've been snooping through your stuff and you send it through. And this kind of leads into what we're talking about. You've already given some examples um, where you share like the fast model um, for 
creating content and planning your content and coming up with ideas. And I kind of look at it as kind of like four content type of buckets, really, that you talk about. Can you take us through those? Although I know we've kind of touched on some practical examples of these. Um, um, so through the, the sort of acronym FAST, um, is that what you mean? Yes, Mel? yeah, yeah. Those. Um, so I decided, I don't know if people are aware of the story brand model, which is mm-hmm. about really focusing on your ideal client as the hero of your content story and understanding it's probably not just about content, but we're going to make it about content, right? Um, that they have a problem to solve and that they need a hero to guide them through the process of solving that problem and you are that hero. Um, and so you, the more you understand their problem, the more empathy you can show them for what that problem feels like to experience yes. and show authority to fix that problem. And I add my, okay, you also need to show personality because lots of other people can mm-hmm. I didn't know it originated from the story brand thing, but I can absolutely see the the alignment. So this is my sort of interpretation mm-hmm. by adding, you know, the, the personality piece. So the F is really just about focus. Focus on that human being who is needs you and needs you to help them solve a problem. What do you know about them? What does it feel like to experience that problem? All the things you know about them and move beyond the demographic is what I say. It's not are they married, where do they live, do they drive a car, unless you're a car dealer, I suppose, but... If you're really a service-based um, business, like many people probably are um, in your audience, I know there's probably e-com as well, but think about the typical issues and challenges and what keeps them awake at night and what really gives mm-hmm. them the irrits. And those make- silly questions. <laughs> what do we assume mm-hmm. that they already know but they probably don't know? What mistakes mm-hmm. do they make that we can help them solve and avoid? And if I ever, if I really need to synthesise it, I always say, Think about that ideal person. Tell me how you what you help them avoid and what you help them achieve. Mm-hmm. You can if you can explain that to me, then then we've got yeah. a really good starting point. Mm-hmm. The A is about really delving into advertising your own authority to solve that problem for that human. Um, and so, of course, we talk about reviews. You might re- write um, great opinion pieces that show authority. You might have images. You've got statistics. You've got all sorts of awards, maybe that you've won, whatever. Podcasts and, might be a good part of your authority to talk about a particular topic. And also, and also the sort of thought, yeah, where the um, the sharing other articles and your thoughts on them, that's such a, yeah, quick win that comes into that and establishes you, okay, you're, it just says straight away, you're, okay, you're actually actively looking at this stuff, reading it, and you're not just, yeah. And potentially I'm interpreting it for you. Yeah. Because but, it might be so complicated that I'm the person who's going to actually translate that uh, for mm-hmm. you and help you with that. And the third bit is about showcasing your personality. What's your brand personality? You and I are both really straight. We're straight talkers. Um, we're very practical. We like systems. We like um, systemizing things and helping people find ways to, to get things done and simplify them and all those sorts of things. Some people are much more um, uh, esoteric and they might talk more about sort of high-level concepts rather than the sort of practical Mm-hmm. Um, things that, that probably I translate into this is how we implement stuff. Um, you might be a brand that uh, is very visual, in which case you're going to be on more videos. I mean, video is pretty good for showing showing personality, to be honest. But so is podcasting. I can hear your tone of voice. Mm-hmm. I can hear what you like when you interview someone. Like, how can you showcase your personality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would be a couple of quick? What would be a quick win content example? 
Um, I find uh, images, like let's say uh, my property uh, advocate uh, clients, I've had a couple this year, they showcase their personality by showing themselves in images or video with their clients. So mm-hmm. I can see their, the way she dresses, the way she speaks. Um, she's very nurturing, for example, but she's also very in, inspired and excited by the fact that this first home buyer has just bought a home. So I can definitely see her personality. Mm-hmm. And if I saw a different um, advocate, for example, so it could be as simple as taking a photo, by the way, with a client outside a house with a sold sign on it, but I can still get a sense of you and your personality mm-hmm. from that image if you don't want to do a video. Um, and I'd said to a mortgage broker recently, you've got the authority to find the right mortgage for people, I know that. You've definitely got empathy for what it's like to have a high interest rate and, and need an extra several hundred dollars a month. But lots of other mortgage brokers can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what's your, what's your personality and how can you um, share that with me? And what he ended up sort of starting to do, apart from sharing some um, Google reviews and things, there's more images just of him as the principal lender of that yeah. organisation. And there was none of that before. I saw no, there was no images of him as the yeah, and yeah, you talk about that, I think, as part of your what's your unique um, selling proposition and not from a boring, high-quality, great <laughs> Trust customer. And honest. What is it that makes you different? And, yeah, and that personality can be you as an individual or the business as a whole. Um, what is it and how can you showcase it? Because, yeah, as you say... Yeah, what do you want to be known for? You want to be someone who, um, you know, is happy to jump on um, interviews with other people and showcase other businesses. And that's a big part of my personality. I love promoting other people's, you know, good people that do good things. I love showing, you know, uh, showcasing other people. And and that's just part of, you know, I want you to know that I trust a lot of other people and that I can refer yep. them to you. <laughs> Um, and that, yeah, you're connected. Okay, so we've got focus on your people, yeah. advertise your authority, showcase your personality, and the T is? Um, yeah, tell stories. Tell us some stories. Give us context. This is the big part of using AI, for example, at the moment, even though we've used AI for oh, many years, like I was using AI back in 2017 probably, but it's just got so much more um, press, hasn't it, at the moment, is that your stories are uniquely your business stories. They belong to you. They're case studies of yours. They're experiences of yours. Um, They show your process. They show the way that you uh, interact with people and work with people. So I just say let's pick stories, maybe three, that have happened in your business that relate directly back to that human being and the problem that they need you to solve for them. And the moral to the story is what? What is the key takeaway that you want me to take? From telling that story to me, mm-hmm. so me telling you the story about the uh, property lawyer was that yep. her 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 problem that actually was stopping her from content was not what I was expecting. It was actually a lot, I would say, more basic than I was even expecting. This is a great learning for me, and mm-hmm. so that in the context of this conversation, that's actually really important. Yeah, but I know people really struggle with this idea I know I do as well sometimes I'm like yes that's the perfect story that's perfect analogy or metaphor or something um and then when I get one I'm like yes I've got it but 
what do you find works better when it comes to stories? Is it like, how do we draw those out? Because it's like, okay, what happened to me today? Like, and then how can I relate it to content? Or is it kind of the flip of, okay, I want to explain this concept, like going back to the focusing in your audience. I know they struggle with this concept. What's an example I can use? What do you find works? The second, the, the latter. The first one to me is really inauthentic. Like if I say, oh, I went past this amazing flowering gum tree, true story, by the way, and it was bright orange and it's so beautiful and I took photos of it and it just made me think of completely unrelated thing that's business <laughs> thing and I always think, what the hell has that got to do with business? Yeah. That to me is not interesting content. I don't, I don't, I'm, I love that you took a photo of a flowering gum, but you don't have to relate it to business. You could just be out for a walk and that's, mm-hmm. whereas I think what is the point I am really trying to make? Yeah. Let's say, for example, in my little list here that I wrote this morning, I wholeheartedly believe that organisations should not outsource their content creation because that is their IP. It belongs to them, the stories are theirs, the statistics are theirs, the expertise is theirs, it should stay in-house. So do I have a story or a metaphor or an analogy or something that demonstrates why or how you can insource your content, why it has no part on the uh, desk of an employee of an agency that has 50 to 500 clients? (laughs) And I might say, well, um, think about it along the lines of uh, giving up the patent to one of your most important products. Would you give that away to an agency um, to write about, to talk about, to try and sell on your behalf when they've had no part in the creation of that physical Mm -hmm. widget, that product? And the answer is no. We would keep it in-house because we'd be protecting it because it's commercial in confidence and it's private and there's no way we would want anyone to know the formula to coca-cola or whatever (laughs) and it's not even that it they do as much and i've worked with these agencies before in um past corporate life and um as a someone on the marketing team it took so long to explain you know what um the content was you know what it's about and then it still comes back just lacking in that personality or not showing they really understand. And then I find, like, I end up editing and stuff. It has the pros of, okay, it means you get it done because you're paying this money to someone, but would you like to spend all that money so you have something sitting on your website that, yeah, okay, it might have the right SEO words in there, but it just doesn't speak to your audience and it it doesn't express you. Whereas I am a firm, if, if you are someone who's like, you know, I'm short of time, do it the other way. Use, write the content, get someone to edit it, get someone to publish it and um, as, so edit, like proofread it or, you know, yes. shorten your sentences and add your SEO. Yeah. But yeah. don't let them take on that writing part. And this is a big reason why I tell um, my audience as well, like, I'm not against copywriters, absolutely not. I'm not going to say um, they can be a great um, collaborative business. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking a bit more about these bigger agency models because a copywriter can become quite an extension of your team, especially if you build a long-term relationship with them. But you'll find that when you work with the best copywriters that they spend a lot of time really drawing out on that tone of voice. Oh, 100%. If they don't do that from the start, you're going to sound generic. 
Yeah. So that and that's part of my argument. Find trusted contractors yeah. that don't have five hundred clients or fifty clients mm-hmm. that will, will take the the time to plug in as your uh, trusted con- consultant. And I would obviously bring that. Yeah. So it's kind of like this. Yeah, this middle ground. So you don't have to meet if you don't feel like you're a good writer, um, and you feel like you need a copywriter on your team. That's fine, but yeah, it's got to be someone. I can I know great people um, that will get it, and it's not one of these bigger agency models for the writing. If you want an SEO agency to optimize your site for SEO, and you can find one that's not a, a charlatan, then go yeah, for it. but absolutely. don't have them take on the content writing. And ads is the other one. So in terms of stories, well, I would um, find I would sort of go back in my little uh, memory bank and think I have a really good example of the difference between outsourcing content and doing it in-house based on here's your tone of voice and your messaging guide and one of the things that they wholeheartedly believe is that if you're buying an investment property, that's hardly ever going to be in your local area, ever. Like 90% of the time it'll be in another state if you want to reach your investment property goals, right? And I said, that's great. Okay, let's look at what content we've got going out about that topic. And then I find that they've outsourced all their content. And one of the pieces um, that was out there was all about um, choosing uh, an investment property based on the beautiful local community. And there were photos of coffee shops and um, playgrounds. And and I was like, oh, I think that's actually opposite to what you really mm-hmm. if So how come that content's going out there? And then I found out that that's because they weren't writing it. Yeah. Someone else who do, did not understand. And then you find that in those cases that they end up just, um, re- like they just end up researching and finding like either competitor stuff, or articles, or stuff that's already out there. Mm. And not they don't. I'm not. They don't copy it. But they have the same. They don't show any thought. It doesn't end up with any thought leadership because it's literally just regurgitating the same ideas that are already out there and make you feel the same. Yeah. So I, I Whereas, yeah, a good copywriter will start with you coming up with the ideas and what your point of view is, what your opinion is on it, and then go great. Okay, I can do that. But is that showcasing? Yeah my expertise, my empathy for this um, concern that people have about spending money on their first investment property. Well, no, it didn't have any of that in it. Now, that's not the fault of the content writer, by the way. That's the fault of the client probably of mine who hasn't been educating them um, and I kept saying, you need to bring it in-house, you need to bring it in-house, you need to bring it (laughs) in-house. And they're like, oh. So that's just a little story without one. Like I don't want to share examples in hard copy because it's going to be obvious. Yes, who I'm talking about, and that would not be nice. No. So do be careful. I'm sure everyone listening to this can spot the difference between, yeah, the ones that yeah. are, seem to be just really mm. impersonal, um, dry content that seem to be there just purely for the sake of ranking on Google versus actually talking to who your person is. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so I think telling stories, it takes practice. You've got to pick... Mm-hmm. The, the story that you can authentically sort of reflect on that also backs up your key mm-hmm. point that you want to make. So, yeah, I think just to tie that point up in a bow before we conclude because we've been going, we're just getting really excited, is mm-hmm. it's just 
like if you are struggling with telling stories and coming up with story ideas, exactly what we are doing here is what inspires it. I, you know, I very much struggled. If I'm sitting there at my desk trying to come up with a story for something, I'll struggle. But if I am having a conversation with someone, whether it's in podcast format, whether it's with a, a, a member, whether it's a client or someone on the street, and when you're in that flow of conversation, you're like, oh, that's, yeah, oh, and that sounds like this situation. Yeah, yeah. Try to take a mental note of that or quickly write it down and that's when they'll come out. Yeah. Um, so that's why I love podcasting it, and, and having these chats because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can actually come up with great things. And as one really awesome way that people may not think of is let's say you want to prove your authority on a particular thing that you know you can do for your clients and there's you have Google reviews for them. People have left you testimonials or reviews. There are stories behind every single one of them. Mm-hmm. There is a story about the person who left you that review yeah. that you can tell to showcase your authority and your personality and your empathy mm-hmm. to work with that exact client yeah. as your ideal client. Yeah. As that's really our starting Very point. basic level all the way up to full-on case studies and yeah, that's exactly that right. juicy stuff. Okay, beautiful. Jenny, you have shared so much goodness. We've definitely got our brains whirring. Hopefully people are thinking about content a little bit differently as well as taking that pressure off and, and have some practical ideas. I think that's going to be really, really fun that people have some practical ideas to take away with. Um where can people find you and what is probably the next best step if they're thinking, okay, I'm ready to up my content game? Um, certainly I've got lots of really great blogs about content, so please go and look at my blogs at talkingdigital.com.au just forward slash blog and you'll see lots of really cool things in there. Um, I uh, talked to you about my one-page plan, my version of just brainstorming very visually what my content plan is at any given time. Um, and so they can. Uh, that's on my website too. That's uh, a model that I use pretty much every day. It's got a little tutorial video to explain how to use it for content planning. Just when you're a little bit stuck and you want to unstick, that's a great visual way to to create a, a content plan. It's simplified and it's really visual. Um, and that I'll put the link to that. You can yeah. Check. Yeah, I'll put all the links to everything in the show notes um, so people can find you and find that one-page plan and everything else that you do. Um, yeah, because it sounds like you really, you know, you work really well with a lot of people in terms of getting getting their business personalities out there and their yeah. content and stuff. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jenny. I am thrilled to be able to have this conversation and, yeah, let's I'm, I'm sort of now thinking of all these content ideas for myself. So, of course, when I don't have a moment to write them, so I'll quickly write them, note okay, them all down. Get it on one page. Yes, get it on my one page. Okay. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. It was great. Thank you. Wow, that episode was just full of gold nuggets and it certainly has me inspired with some fresh content ideas and just some really important reminders about how simple it can actually be. If you want to connect with Jenny, you can find her over at talkingdigital.com.au. That's all one word. I'll also pop links to her one-page content plan and blog that she mentioned inside the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I would love to hear from you about what you've enjoyed from this episode or what you want to know more about in future episodes. Please let me know over on Instagram. I am at Yale Keown. And I'll see you in the next episode.
thank you for listening to Easy Email Marketing. It's an absolute honor that you chose to listen. If you love this episode, then it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review so that others can find this podcast and make their email marketing easy too. Finally, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Until next time, have an awesome day and make sure to keep showing up and serving in those inboxes.